Warning, the following podcast contains strong language, irreverent humor, and graphic content. Listener discretion is advised. So my nephew was having a minor little meltdown today. Um, he's 23. Yeah, he'll be 24 in a couple days. But like he's he's been going through a lot, obviously, you know that. And um, he like had like a meltdown. And so I was like with me and Lanise. And then I was like telling him, like I texted him separately and I was like, you need to, you know, you need to take a deep breath and blah, blah, blah. And he texted me and he said, I ate and now I feel childish. <laughs> yes he was angry it's like sometimes like dude you're just fucking hungry those snickers commercials are right you know like sometimes dude, you seriously. just need to eat something yes but anyway yes that made me laugh a that lot um but anywho zell how are you doing this lovely day um i've been better <laughs> I had a oh no no it's fine it's not like it's not like anything bad is happening I just I had a three-hour training this morning um for like this new system that we're doing at work so that was I didn't know usually when they send us a meeting and we have a meeting it's like an hour so I didn't know until I looked at the thing that it was going to be three hours and then I was pissed <laughs> off as, and then as- as you should be that's a long journey and then the fucking lady running the thing was like wanted everyone to turn their cameras on at first so she could put a face no, no. in the name and i was like bitch i just woke up <laughs> <laughs> yeah like not a chance like i was in my nightgown and my hair was still in my, like my top knot that i sleep in i did turn it on for a second though i was like i told them i was like i you know my hair is messy and blah 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 whatever but I only left it on for a second. But my other coworker was like, no, I'm not. I refuse. My hair's still in a bonnet and all this stuff. And I was like, uh, all right. That's amazing. Good for her. I'm like, good for you. <laughs> Seriously. Because I was like, you got to tell me ahead of time if you want me to have my Zoom camera on. I need to be like putting makeup on or at least make sure my hair is brushed. Well, and most of those trainings are the, like most of the trainings are they're like you they don't have a camera on you know because right, I mean? they're sharing their screen and showing you stuff exactly. and then it was interactive so it wasn't even like I could uh zone out and like do other work or whatever I oh, had to like I pay attention those. the whole time because <laughs> they would ask questions and then oh, you would I hate follow that. along it was whatever it was fine and then I've been sneezing all day so if I so if I sneeze during this recording I mean I'll obviously edit it out but I'm just warning you that it might happen so, so I there just, may be a sneeze in our future. Yeah. So I took an allergy pill because I've been like sneezing and blowing my nose all day. So I think it's allergies. I don't think I got the Rona or anything. I hope not. But um, yeah. So well, well, I do have a. I can get a, a test kit from school if you have the Rona. We can check. All right. But yeah. So that was my day. How was your day? Oh, I was all right. Um, I. Uh, am tired um but that's just i think from being um you know just kind of just tired and doing other things and (sighs) work is work and it is what it is but 
uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm happy to be home. Happy that it, it, oh, and then of course, um, what's on TV tonight. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You told me Halloween is on TV tonight. You told me you'd watch it with me. I did say I'd watch the first one with you. I didn't know it was going to be on a weeknight and I hope it's not too late. Cause I am tired and I want to go to bed at a decent time. Oh, give me a break. Decent time. Well, I never what knew. It is a decent a- time. There is really. No- there is no decent time. Anymore. I was going to say, there's no decent time for you, especially. Well, it's not like I do it on purpose. It's just that I can't fall asleep. So, you know, it's rare that I'm asleep. I mean, before no judgment. I mean, it's not like it's not like a lifestyle choice. <laughs> it's, it's that my brain won't let me fall asleep. So what point is there? Anyway, this is boozing. Really cool. good question. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> episode this is actually episode 43 i was messed up because uh we had our episode swap last last week that's right or um no wait no we've recorded no because we're we're ahead we're ahead this is episode 44 i was like i know there was 43 but we're recording a week ahead now so this is actually episode 44 anyway i'm alana i'm leanne and I'd ask you what you're drinking today, but you don't know. So <laughs> you have no, yeah, but I have no idea. I, I'll drink tell you. I haven't had a sip yet. Oh, well, take a sip. Take a sip and tell me what you think. Can I tell you what I think it is? Yeah, go ahead. Never mind. Well, no, maybe I'm take a sip of it. No, I don't know. What is this? Okay. So what I did was I took the rest of that um, kettle one cucumber and mint vodka. Okay. And I split that and then I put a little extra regular vodka because I didn't think it would be enough. I halved a lime and gave us each a half a lime juice in there. And then I topped it with the lemonade. Oh, it's good. It's really good. I just was like, you know what? I almost was thinking, well, that makes sense now with the cucumber. Because at first when I looked at it, I thought maybe it was a mojito because we have that rum. Yeah. And then I was like, well, we don't um, have mint. otherwise I would have made. Yeah, but it's not like super mint tea. And then I tasted the cucumber. Um, really good job. Thanks. I can't say I'm mad about walking in the door and there being a drink there for me. I mean, right. <laughs> can't argue with that. Especially um, since you were home later today than you normally are. Yeah. And, you know, I actually like my meeting was like pretty quick. It felt like it went by pretty quick, but I hate like when you go somewhere and you have to take notes on something. Cause like I had to take notes, you know, to like bring back to the building and then, but there's no desks. So there were just chairs. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I always feel like Will Smith in men in black when he goes in to take that test and there's nowhere for him to take the test. Like, you know, and so finally, eventually he goes over to the middle and pulls that chair or pulls the table over. You know, and it makes that huge loud noise. Cause it's like, oh my gosh, I just want to like, how do I, how do I, how do I take these notes appropriately when I have nothing to write on, but my lap. I did sit in my uh, comfy chair today, my new chair. Oh, you haven't seen it yet. You got to come upstairs and see it. But, um, I sat in my chair and did my notes over there. But it was hard because I didn't have like a table. So I just had my laptop balanced on, well, my lap sort of, except I have less of a lap because I've got a belly there. <laughs> same, same. And I think that's maybe why it's so difficult. Right. But yeah, so that's where I did mine. But I am excited uh, to share with you what I have today. But it's your um, 
turn to go first. So do you oh, want to? Well, you know uh, what? Um, we can shut our cameras. Let's off dive right in, shall we? Dive into the stories. Right, gonna... Yeah, let's do that. Um, yeah, so this story is interesting and it's funny because normally like I do will do my work on um like on my lunch break at school, you know, like mm-hmm. while I'm working, I'll like do my research and stuff sometimes. But this shit that I'm gonna be talking about today, like truthfully, I like didn't even want to like look it up while I was at school, even though I was on lunch. <laughs> oh man, I'm scared and excited. I was like, um this they're gonna be like, um Miss 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 Little, we need to see you ASAP down in the office. <laughs> um so yeah. So it's just, it's an interesting story. It's not a super long involved thing because it's not really a story. It's a place. Okay. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's very, it's very interesting. And I've, um, like watched a couple of things about it and, uh, listened to a, a podcast on it. And, um, so I guess my biggest question to you right off the jump is, do you like haunted houses? Um, you know, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I like, well, okay. I like, uh houses that are haunted and stories about the ghost there but i do not like the attraction haunted houses because i'm not going i'm not gonna go somewhere and willfully get scared um yeah i don't remember what it's called but you know how like universal has halloween horror nights Mm -hmm. i went to one at six flags because like my friends were going and basically kind of roped me into it and um, they were like, oh, we're not, it's not all, it's not all going to be haunted houses because we can ride the rides. And I was like, well, I'll go and I'll ride some rides and, you know, eat some food and whatever. But there were scare zones and you had mm-hmm. to go, you had to go through some of the scare zones to get to other parts of the park. Nope. And I hated it. I wanted to go. They had these things that you could buy there. I think it was only $5. I should have got one. Um, and you would wear it and they would know not to come too close to you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I just going to got one of those. Now, like the zombie scare zone didn't bother me at all. I thought it was kind of cool, but there was, um, and then there was like an apocalyptic scare zone where it was like people in like rags and bloody and whatever. And like, that was whatever, but there was a circus one. Oh no, no, no. Clowns. And Fuck we had that. to go through. I put my sunglasses on and I walked right behind my friend and I did not look at anything. That <laughs> I was like, amazing. be like, I need not anything to be coming near me. It was that too is hilarious. much. <laughs> well, they have, they have a, um, a hollow weekends at Cedar point. Yeah. And I've never been, and I've never worked during hollow weekends, you know, cause I was always like back in college by then. And they have the same type of thing. You can buy a wrist print. I think it's a wrist bracelet or some glowing thing that will like tell them not to mess with you. Um, and, but like, I even remember, so like, I don't like, okay, you know me, I love scary movies. I absolutely love this time of year. I do not like haunted houses. Yeah. Um, I remember when one year my sister and I took my nephew and his best friend to trick or treating out where she lives over on the East side in Toledo And there was this one house that they had turned their garage into a haunted house. And like, you couldn't, like, you couldn't get the candy until you like went through the haunted house. That's just cruel. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No shit. And, um, in, and I remember being an adult at the time, probably like 22, maybe because I had just graduated college. Would that make me about 22, 21, 22? Yeah, somewhere around there. 
And I kid you not, Alana, when I say I had my head buried in my freaking like fifth grade nephew's back the entire time, like screaming my head off. And it was a garage. Like it wasn't even <laughs> like it was a 20 minute, you know, haunted house. No, I it was like, you literally like walk through, like it was like a little maze and I was screaming my fucking head off. And then I got to the end and I was like, nope, never again. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. I hate, I really do. I hate um, all types of haunted houses. Um, but this brings me to the story of, have you ever heard of McKamey Manor? No, dude, I'm going to, it's going to rock your fucking world. I just had to take a drink of my, my drinky here. Um, (laughs) always just shaking all around in the back to get myself prepared for this shit is jingling. I feel like stupid now because, um, I bought this color for him where his name gets stitched on it, you know? Uh-huh. So he just has the collar and I was like oh great now I don't need to put a little dangly thing on it but then he got his rabies vaccine and they gave me that thing and I was like well I might as well put this on here since they gave it to me and now it's like jingling again and I was like all right that's why I didn't have anything on there before <laughs> the jingles anyway that was sorry that for that little oh, you're fine side. okay so the McKamey Manor is um a haunted house attraction um, but it's a an interactive attraction. I don't like the sound of that. Yeah, it's really freaking insane. So it's called okay. So it's called McKamey Manor, and it was founded by a guy. Um, uh, it, it was first officially founded in San Diego, and uh, by the guy who owns it, his name is Russ McKamey. And originally, he had this on his fucking house, like on his land. I mean, on his property. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so this is a, um, this is an interactive experience that you go through and it can last up to eight hours. Why though? (laughs) Why though? Um, so anyway, when he first started it, he was doing it on his property and it got so much attention from the media and from police because you people would be like, people would call call the police because they were like, they are killing someone in their house. (laughs) They're like, like, they're, they're people are screaming people. in there. Yeah. And so they literally had to. So now, um, so now that it's actually moved, it's in uh Summerton, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And there's actually one in, um, in Alabama too. And, um, oh, shit, I cannot, I cannot remember the place, the name of, uh, the name of the one in Alabama, but anyway, they, now it's an actual, like a place that you can go. And, um, it's, oh, Huntsville, Alabama is like the newest one that he, Mm -hmm. they got, I think it was like in 2018. And, um, so anyway, so you go and essentially you have to sign a waiver and all of this stuff. And I'm going to tell you like all the stuff that you have to do. And so originally, so this guy, and I also have to tell you, so this guy, Russ, he's like, um, a nutcase anyway, but that's, I'll get on in on that later, (laughs) but he, he is, um, so he essentially says that no one can make the, make it through the haunted house the entire time. And if they, at first, oh, this was a long time ago, but, um, a long time ago, he would say that anyone who could make it through the 10 hours or the eight hours. And I think I've, I've got mixed things. Cause I think like, I'll tell you that I think the website says eight to 10, but then other places just say eight, 
But either way, he offered a two uh, twenty thousand dollar prize if anyone could get through it. And wow. then this is the kicker. So apparently, you go through these like challenges or whatever they're called, and so every time you fail a challenge, they deduct five hundred dollars. And every time you use any profanity. That's crazy. So because Russ, not only is he this fucking psycho um, interactive haunted thriller guy, he's actually a wedding singer. What? Slash DJ. Yes. I'm not making this shit up. He is like, and he's apparently like super clean cut. He he's retired from the Navy. He, um, he was in the Navy for like, I think like 20 plus years. And he actually is like full on this conservative guy. He doesn't, he doesn't use profanity. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs, nothing. Like he is this clean cut guy that happens to run a fucking torture house. That's insane. Yes. So, um, so in the Tennessee one in Somerton, Tennessee, you can, you have to be older than 21 to do it, or you have, you can be 18 to 20, but you have to have your parental consent. And then in Alabama, you can only, you have to be 21 or older. So this is the kicker. Well, there's a lot of kickers, but so anyway, um, it's not for profit. He doesn't make any money on this. So what he does is he's, I guess he's really into the, um, the Greyhound, uh, the Greyhound rescue. Mm -hmm. So he actually has, you have to bring a 50 pound bag of dog food as, Uh as the, uh, payment. That's kind of sweet. Okay. There's nothing sweet about this guy, but yes, I I completely agree. It's super sweet. I heard it and I was like, oh, it's sweet. It's super sweet. Well, that's sweet that they're, you know, helping out the dogs. It's not sweet that they have this crazy haunted house. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the, the nitty gritty of what's going on in there. Okay. So, so anyway, so, okay. So they have, um, let me just start you off. Okay. So I watched, I listened to a couple podcasts, but I also, uh, did some digging online, but I also watched on Netflix. There's this uh, show called dark tourist. Have you ever heard of it? Oh yeah. It's on my list. I haven't watched it yet, but it's on my list. Oh. Well, the very, one of the very last episodes, um, there were a couple other things too. It wasn't just about McKamey manor, but McKamey manor was the, um, one of the things And this guy, he's, he's the guy who does this thing. He's a New Zealand tourist and he goes and he covers this thing. So he goes and he talks to Russ and Russ is like a fucking normal ass guy. Like if you saw him in the street, you wouldn't look twice. Hmm. And he talks to him at his house and they're all talking about what this is and you know, how it goes and all this stuff. And he's like, well, you know, I have this guy who's going to be going through McKamey Manor tomorrow. Why don't you join him? And he's like, no, not a chance. Well, I'm gonna do no, it, I'm do good, it. thanks. So he goes to meet the guy. And this guy is like a fucking family man. He's a normal guy. He's got, I think he's, um, he's an adrenaline junkie for sure. He's self-acclaimed uh, or self-claimed adrenal- adrenaline junkie. And he is, wants to do this McKamey manner. He has like a wife and kids. They're all like, you're fucking insane. But they are thoroughly like, you're, you know, like, I guess do it. He's not going to not do it. So they finally talked to the guy and he's like, yeah, you should do it with me. So at the very last minute, this journalist guy decides that he's going to go in here. So what a maroon. Huh? I said, what a maroon. <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, 
the, before you can even think about going, you have to get vetted. Um, Ross like vets the hell out of you. And, um, apparently there is a waiting list of over 24,000 people who want to do this. Okay. Well, those people are all crazy, right? No fucking doubt. I just can't even imagine. But anyway, so he goes to take, first he takes him there and he says, um, they go to like this, to me, it looked like a park at like a pavilion and they have to go through the waiver and going through the waiver alone takes six hours. Why? So it is a 40 page waiver that the, the, um, that the person I'm going to call them the dumbass, but I'm sure there's a better name for it. <laughs> Not passing um, judgment, but they're dumb. Right. Right. Um, they go through it and they have to read every single thing and Russ like videotapes it. Oh my so, God. Like show that he, you know, is not doing anything like against their will. Right. So one article that I read said that they have to sign the waiver and they have to sign off um, that their possibility at risk of having teeth extracted. Oh, being tattooed. No fingernails removed. No. Why? Why would you do that? Why would you do that on purpose? Like willingly? Why would you No, dude? So they, um, so anyway, so they sat there for like six hours and they went through this entire thing and they read everything and all that. And then it gets started. So this is kind of weird and I don't really understand why this happens, but the guy who was going into the McCamey manor, like the dumbass or what, in my opinion, a victim, but whatever you want to call them, volunteer person or, haunted experience person. I don't know, whatever you want to call him. He said that, um, Russ prefers people to be in onesies. I'm not sure why, except for maybe like you can move people around and they're not going to like lose their clothes. Maybe. Also, I so maybe they, uh, in case they wrap their pants and stay. Right. <laughs> well, he has them put on, he has like, they put on like these onesies in the one guy. That's like the guy who's actually wants to do this is wearing a shark onesie. Oh, I used to have a shark onesie. I love you so much. <laughs> well, he has a shark onesie on. And then the other guy gets like the other, the New Zealand guy, he, he, the journalist, he puts on like this dog one and they're ready. So first off, yes, they put on a, um, a pull-up. They have to like wear a human, like a, like an adult pull-up. And, um, and I mean, part of me, I'm like, well, you know, I guess maybe that's just because like, you know, it would be hard to hold, hold your bodily functions for eight hours maybe. But then another part of me is like, no, it's because they're going to torture you so bad that you're going to fucking lose like control right. of your, your, um, you know, your body and your, your kidney and all, or your, you know, you know, your, your, whatever you want to call it. You're going to lose your shit. You're going to lose your shit, shit, literally, literally, and maybe figuratively too. most definitely figuratively, maybe literally. Um, so anyway, so they put those on and then begins the, the torturing. So I'm going to stop there for a second because I want to say some other things. So if you go to call it, they call it torturing. Nope. They, they call it. So this dark tourist guy, when he talked to um, when he talked to Russ, like before the day before or whatever, he was talking to him and Russ was like, this is not, you know, this isn't torture. This is, you know, an interactive experience. I'm an entertainer. That's what I do. I entertain, um, you know, people are having, you know, having fun or not having fun, but you know, they would love, they love this. Um, 
people are, you know, obviously they've got a waiting list a mile long, you know, all this stuff. And, um, so he, he like does not think there's a problem with this at all. A lot of people think that he is videoing this torture shit and selling it on the dark web. Oh my gosh. So that's a whole nother story that I'll get to at the end. But anyway, so if you go to their website, they have the requirements listed. Now this is from their website. This is not like some crazy person or whatever. You have to complete a sports physical and have doctors uh, state that you are physically and mentally cleared. You have to provide, uh, you have to pass a background check provided by McCamey Manor themselves. So Russ does like this huge thing. They screen you on FaceTime or um, over the phone before they'll even accept you. Um, they will, you have to have medical insurance and you have to obviously go through the whole entire waiver thing. And then you have to pass a drug test on the day of the show. That's insane, dude. And, um, so you essentially are getting to the point where you are, fuck, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what I want to even say. I'm just so like flabbergasted by this whole entire thing. Um, but anyway, so you, so, you know, once you sign all this waiver and you get, you know, you get allowed to, to have your doctor, like, how does that conversation go? Like my doctor is pretty like straight laced. What happens when I go to my doctor and I'm like, um, so can I get this waiver to sign that I'm um, able mentally and physically to do this haunted house? And she's like, well, wh- why do you have to have a waiver? Oh, because they're going to torture me for eight to 10 hours. Right. I just can't even imagine. Um, anyway, also apparently now, okay, so I'll get into this kind of when they go through the thing, but apparently back when they first started, uh, McCamey Manor, there was no safe word. Well, that's just, that's just bad BDSM etiquette. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love you so much. Yes, exactly. Right. Like, yeah, there, so apparently there was no safe words, but now I guess, so people have gotten to be to where like now, apparently he does allow safe words or a safety phrase, but the kicker is he will not, he, you also sign another part of your waiver is signing that he's allowed to ignore your safe word. That's not a thing, dude. So when they're signing for a reason, exactly. So when they're signing the whole waiver and everything, the New Zealand guy is like, Oh, well, like what's my kind of safe phrase or whatever. And so he, the safety phrase he came up with was like, I am not as tough as I thought I was. Um, I'm a, a coward and, you know, I, McCamey Manor it beat me or some stupid shit like that, whatever. And so they start going. And so um, they get into this thing and they're going and going. And um, the first thing they do is they they put, after they they have the onesie on and all that shit and the, the pull-up, they put them in a straitjacket. And this is still at the park, dude. Like at, it's like nighttime now but it's still at the park. And so they get the, they get the safety zone and, um, or they get the safety zone. They don't, there's no safety. <laughs> they they're still at the park and they put them in this, uh, they put them in the straight jacket. And then from there, they like cover up their eyes, like with like masking tape. No. Um, so they put on, you know, that thing, like, you know, the game where you, it's like you, you put that thing in your mouth and it makes it look like you're smiling. I think they use it for like teeth whitening. Yeah. And then you have to like say words. Like, a um, 
kind of like a no not like a like a mouth guard yeah but it's like opens up your mouth real high right yeah so anyway they put one of those in their mouths and then they have like um all of a sudden it's like literally like a fucking switch is flipped like the minute that they've signed their waivers ross is like an acting an ass you know he's like pushing them up and up like pushing them back onto the like by the, the wooden um you know like the wooden thingies of the pavilion um just chalking trash to him and like i said like he doesn't do he's not he's not profane at all like he does not curse at all um and then he, he's like you know just like messing with them and telling them you know oh like oh well, you, well you're making fun of me you think that you know you think this is funny oh we're gonna have fun tonight and blah 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 and he uh, like pushes them up against the thing. He like shoves them to the ground. So then they put on these headphones and they're like these, um, these, I guess they're like Bluetooth headphones or whatever. And they're like playing this music or something. And it's called like the McCamey Manor mix. And I think it's just like him going like, welcome to the McCamey Manor. You're going to die or what I, you know, I don't know. They just play like a tiny little clip of what it said, but it's something, you know, spooky and scary. Uh-huh. And, um, so before they even leave, like to go to the manor, the, uh, the New Zealand guy safe words it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if it's because he knew like Russ knew that this is going on Netflix, uh-huh. but he, he like let him stop right away when he used a safe word. Well, that's what you're supposed to do when someone uses right. a safe word. <laughs> right. You're so supposed to stop right away. Right. So he stopped, you know, and he was like, um, he was like, uh, you, well, I don't know. I mean, he didn't, I don't want to say he stopped right away, but he was like, are you, oh, you don't want to do that. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm done. I'm done. And so he said, uh, okay, whatever. And call, you know, and he says the safe, safe phrase or whatever. So they stop. So he, he's like talking to him and stuff. And, um, just like the minute that he stopped, like he was totally fine again. Like Russ was like a totally normal person. And That's so, so then, right. So then the New Zealand guys, like oh can I still go with you guys and like see what's going on and they're like no you, the only way you can get in there is if you're if you're part of the experience so he wasn't able to come in but the thing is this like and to me I don't know it's just sick but they he has like all of the the videos like he puts them up on their website oh he does they're- so like wait so anyone can watch it yeah so if you go to their website which I would not not do so this is the thing so I'm telling you right now I watched that dark tourism episode and my stomach hurt when I got to work. Like it's just like, and it's not even anything like super duper violent that happens, but it's just knowing that that's an actual living person that is doing that. Even if they signed on for it to me, it's just something super sick about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Cause like I said, there's that, there's this, a similar thing. I think maybe it's not quite as extreme, but it's still extreme is the blackout that's in new york uh-huh. and it's the same thing where you have to sign a waiver and they're allowed to touch you and make you do things and like um like push you up against the wall and all this shit mm-hmm. and i'm just like why would you sign up for that like why would you go pay to do that Dude, it doesn't make any sense to me and um in so they took the they took the guy that was there like who was actually doing wanted to do it not the reporter guy they took him back in the like this van and they just like had him laying in the back of the van and they got to make Amy Manor they like pull him out of the van by his feet and then they um 
they like set him down. And the very first thing they do is start like drowning him. And like, he's Holy like, you're going to, he's like, you're going to hold your breath for 30 seconds or we're going to do this all night, blah, blah. So he was like, he was literally dunking his head in this ice water. Yeah. That's and literally he, torture. Yes. And like pit pulling up his head. And then the guy's like trying to catch a breath and then he's pulling and pushing his head back down. Excuse and the girl me. Like, I mean, enhanced interrogation technique, right? right. Enhanced interrogation. I mean, he did slap him one time, open hand on the face. So. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. I forgot about that. But yeah, so he's, um, you know, so he like dunks him down, dunks him down, whatever. And he's like, you, um, you like, that's not 25 or that's only 25 seconds. The girl says that's only 25 seconds. So he does it again. Whatever. Oh no, you're, you're going to make it to 30, whatever. And so, uh, after he like comes up one more time, the the guy being tortured is like i'm done he says that he says the phrase he's like i'm done and so well once again in my opinion only because they're on tv uh russ stops right away and that's the end of the experience and uh the guys like the guy that that you know used the safe word and stuff they were like videoing him once they got out and he was like don't ever come here he's like this is awful don't ever come here yeah why would you do it and uh, exactly. And he's like an adrenaline junkie. And it's like, to me, okay, sure. Like an adrenaline to me. Yeah. Like, you know, I understand kind of why people, why well, I don't, I, I understand. I don't personally do it, but like, I understand why people jump out of planes or, you know, the rush of stuff, but like they're, you're literally getting fucking tortured and you're putting yourself in, in someone else's hands. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is like, I'm not here to yuck anybody else's yum. Agreed. But, oh, agreed. But I can't, like my brain cannot fathom how going through literal torture like that would be in, in any way something that I would enjoy. Exactly. Like, and, I, um, and there's like, and I get how people like, you know, a little bit of pain with their pleasure sometimes or whatever. Right. But this sounds like all pain, no gain. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. And that's exactly what it is. It's like, so other people have talked. So they also showed, um, on this uh, dark tourism show, there was like a couple that went and they made it an hour and they were like the video footage. And maybe that's why I was kind of sick to my stomach is because the, vo- the, vo- uh, the video footage was like um, they were bleeding from oh. the mouth and like getting shoved in this dirt thing. And eventually the girl said she called it off after an hour because she was so cold. Um, oh, I don't know. Gee, it couldn't be all the shit that they were doing to you in the fucking, you know, fucking outside and the right freak okay. and all this shit. If they're going to beat you within an inch of your life, why are, why are you doing that? Like, right. Here's my thing. If someone makes it all the way through, what did they get at the end? Murdered? Exactly. Well, that's the thing you, I mean, what, what, there's only so much a human body can take. Right. And, um, and that's the thing. So apparently so, okay. So let me, well, I'll get to that in a second. So anyway, they, they, um, called it good after an hour and then it was like weird. So they're like at the little thing afterwards and letting them like take a shower and stuff. And, uh, Russ is like, oh, are you mad at me to the girl? And the girl's like, I'm not mad at you, Russ. I was just really cold. And like, I, I don't know to me, it's just weird. Like he's like eating this shit up. Right. And I just gotta like I don't want to pass judgment because one I haven't seen the thing, and two you said he's like a normal guy on the thing. Yeah, you think some someone who's doing something like that, you've put up all the 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 things so that you can go about this legally, you know. But it also kind of just seems like you're a real sick fuck. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's the and thing. If, it's like, and if you didn't, if you weren't smart about it and putting all the waivers up so that you can do this kind of thing legally, then you would be like a serial killer, you know? Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, at what point does it matter? Like, at what point is the legality of it? And then, and I'm going to say like a couple more things about what they do, and then I'll like get into that part of it. But yeah, so apparently people have reported that okay one lady so no one ever died has died the, the guy like he made it clear like oh no one's ever died and then the journalist guy's like but one lady had a heart attack or one person had a heart attack i don't think it was a lady oh my well God. one person had a heart attack he's like yeah um and then people i mean have broken bones they have horrible bruises uh, one lady had to go she said that she repeated her safe word several minutes before the employee stopped torturing her and because that's the thing it's not just rust there's like other people who work there well, yeah, you have to have multiple people if it's like yes. a multifaceted experience kind of thing. Yes. And um, she went, she later went to, um, she said she had to go to the hospital for her extensive injuries. Oh my gosh. Um, now, I don't know if this is true because uh, Russ totally denies this, but people claim that they've been drugged. I think that that's, uh, well, oh no, maybe this was just, you were telling me about it beforehand because I was gonna say I think maybe that's something that happens at the other place too but I can't yeah I I don't know I mean he he denies that but so he people say they've been drugged uh he says that or people say that he he well he actually said it himself that he um hypnotizes people oh that's how he's able to do this uh psychological torture is because he has people uh hypnotized no thank you right no shit and so um anyway uh, people have like they showed the one guy him and his girlfriend after they got out of it he was like oh my gosh he was bruised up super duper bad um and like i said i mean if you are if you have you know the the ideal or want to watch um you know you can go on their website and they'll show you shit and there's like people like no 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 it's just not for me um but anyway so the newest thing he has is called descent and that is a um that is called descent and it is a um like a uh how do i want to describe this so the um this newest thing is called descent and that's like their newest thing uh their newest like um i don't want to maybe i should say theme their newest attraction i guess yeah he said that there is not any um prize he and this is what he said and this is to me the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard but he claims that he doesn't want um that there's no more money prize because he uh people were in it for the wrong reasons well yeah if you're saying if you can make it through this i'm going to give you twenty thousand dollars what did you think people were going to be in it exactly and so this is right from their website i think it's a rare breed of person that's going to sign up for something like that willingly just for just for funsies you know just for um, giggles because you will literally shit your pants yeah you literally will die um it says so this is what it says on their website be warned mckinney manor manor is not your standard boo haunted house this is an audience participation event in which you will live your own horror movie this is a rough intense and truly frightening experience you must be in great health to participate last year's haunt was absolutely nothing compared to the new mckinney manor so then this is their descent thing it says new for 2020 uh mckinney manor presents descent the next evolution in interactive survival horror theater. That's what they call it. Understand that each tour will be different based upon your personal fears and can last up to six hours. 
Each guest will be mentally and physically challenged until you reach your personal breaking point. Do not wear expensive clothing. Do not bring anything you, that can get wet or that cannot get wet. This can be an aggressive experience and our actors will come in contact with you. You cannot in any way return the contact. If anyone becomes rowdy, pushing, shoving, running, they will be immediately removed. No questions asked. Anyone that has been drinking alcohol or taking drugs will not be allowed and will ask to leave. At check-in, you will be required to show your ID. The waiver process will take two hours for dissent. And uh, there's only one performance uh, a week, I guess. Um, and then it says, uh, think about the average 10 to 20 minute haunt or a theme park Halloween. Um, was it really interactive and scary? At the new McKamey Manor, you will experience thrills that you have never seen before. You will be tested to your very core. If things become too much, you can always quit dot, 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 if we let you. Ooh. Okay, so that's, I didn't like that at the end. Is that one, are they charging or is it still you just bring dog food? Bring dog food. And you can, they encourage you to make a donation to the, uh, to the great, or the Greyhound Rescue. So it sounds, that one sounds like it's actually a little less intense than the standard one because it doesn't last as long. Right. Well, and it almost, we're trying to get you to tap out before you can get to the end or whatever. Uh Uh-huh. But, um. But it is also like, it still doesn't sound like anything I would ever do. Can you imagine <laughs> a, your kid not being 21 yet and asking you to approve that shit? No. It's like, no, that's a no for me. Yeah, that would be no. An awful, awful child. And also, we're going to go take you to a therapist. Right. Yeah, we're going um, to the therapist like, right yeah. now. <laughs> uh, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Um. So anyway, so they have... um. Also, uh, on that whole thingy, so he claims, Ross claims that he's doing this because he enjoys it and because he's, uh, he's an entertainer. He's always been an entertainer. His other job is a wedding thing, you know, the wedding gig. He's an entertainer and that's what he likes to do. The guy's like, um, or you've got to be making some money on this somehow. You know what I mean? Like that's right. every, that's kind of like everyone's biggest thing is that you've got to be making money on this somehow. And he's like, no, he's like, I make, I think he said he gets $800 a month for like his retirement or something from the Navy. And that's it. He's like, that's all. He's like, and I spend that in food for three days. And I'm thinking, well, what the fuck are you eating that you're spending $800 in food for three days? But right. that's not the point. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, But yeah, he, uh, so anyway, oh, and I meant to tell you this too. They actually called the police. Like when they were at signing the waiver, he actually called the police on, uh, on speakerphone and told them like, okay, we have a thing tonight. So if you hear anything, you know, don't worry about it essentially. And they're like, all right, we'll pass it along. They sounded annoyed with him. Right. I, I would be too, because here's the thing is like, people are calling the police on you, you know, and all you, Mm -hmm. how do you know that someone's not using that as a cover to commit a murder? exactly um while it's going on because that would be the smart thing to do right you know people are going to be screaming on this night you wait yeah. till then and then you, then you do your murders and then you well you know you do your murders um so yeah he's it's absolutely insane to me and then i guess the interesting part too is that he is oh man i just how did i do this he um um i'm sorry because i just literally like exited out of this <laughs> Um, because I'm an idiot anyway, uh, they, so there is a change.org petition to get them to stop. Yes. So it has, um, 176,535 signatures 
and uh, it's to 2000. And this is what they said. McCamey Manor uh, advertises an extreme haunt when in fact it's not a haunted house. It's a torture chamber in disguise. Reportedly, they do screenings to find the weakest, most easily manipulated people to do the haunt. It's reported that if Russ doesn't think you're easily manipulated, you aren't allowed to go. Interesting. He uses loopholes out of getting arrested. Previously, no safe word was allowed. He changed that, but there's reports that the torture continues even when people repeat their safe word for several minutes. One man was tortured so badly he passed out multiple times Workers only stopped because they thought they had killed him. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, they're saying like the, the waivers really mean nothing. Um, but they're saying like, uh, you are legally allowed to like, they're saying like lawyers say you're legally allowed to revoke the waiver at any time. But Russ says that he doesn't allow that in his waiver i don't know he said it's serious somebody put uh this is still on change.org it says it's seriously just torture porn um it needs to be shut down people don't pay money to get in which is technically the loophole um it says mm -hmm. sorry hold on i'm dying um anyway so it says that duct tape wrapped around your head which i did see uh forced to eat things being waterboarded and forced underwater also, there's been reports of sexual assault at the manor, and there is a report, and I don't know if this is true, but there is a report that uh, people are, uh, that he hires people with violent histories and people with sex offense on their thingy. He always says, oh, it's just all smoke and mirrors. It's just all smoke and mirrors. But then, you know, people leave, obviously, and they're traumatized. They're covered in bruises. They've got facial swelling and all of that. Okay, stuff. I have a couple questions. I'm going to answer them. My first question is, has he ever been sued? Um, that I don't think so, because people sign this waiver and I guess yeah, like, they sign the waiver, I guess. But I feel like if there's something that happened that wasn't covered in the waiver, say like sexual assault. I Yes, um, I agree. I would. I, agree. I would. It's like, damn the hell out of them. But then but my thing is, right. I don't I think the petition is kind of stupid because um, it takes out personal responsibility. Like if you right. were person and you willingly signed up for this and you go through the waiver and you still go through with it it's kind of like on you what happens to you really right like Absolutely. yeah it's I mean, shitty. you sign on for this yeah it's shitty of him to not like that's that's not legal technically if you are ignoring safe words or if you don't let people opt out of the waiver because you should be able to right um, and i think that hold on sorry would like be should be financially responsible for that right Alice, hold on. Hold on, Alice. So hold on. Alice. Um, oh my gosh, she's insane. Okay, hold on one second. Um, I don't know why this thing is I doing think, it. Yeah, they're um, anyway. So this is like okay, so the one the thing that I'm watching right now, and I'm not even gonna play it because it's so freaking disgusting. But she's like have like they're like having her this lady, Amy Milligan. She's like she went on record and like talked about her experience and stuff and said that they completely ignored her safe word and all that. And they're like the video, little tiny video I saw is them like making her put her head in like a thing of cockroaches. Oh yeah, fucking disgusting. No, but anyway, so that is McCamey Manor. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, I know I wouldn't pass the health screening, so that's <laughs> not a, it's not a concern there. Oh, but I would 
I legit would wonder what he would do for me. I mean, would they go as far as to like to get some sharks and put them in a tank? Right. Like, in there? Like, like, that's my thing. Like, it's like, what if I tell you that I, what are you most afraid of? Happiness, success. Um, what am I most afraid of? Um, Dying alone. like, what are you going <laughs> to like, like you get like, what if I tell you all my fears are actually things I like, right? Get dogged, Russ. Well, I think they probably would just reject you at they that point. They probably would be like, no, but I, I just think it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, it's stupid. I, I, I wouldn't, I would never, I would never sign up for something like that. Anyway. No, me but either. if I like had to sign up for it, I would never, but if I did have to, I would be like, no, like I safe word right away. Like I'm not trying to do like, I, I don't in my head. I've rationale. had a good life. <laughs> right. It's been real. And I, I don't understand the rationale of wanting to do it. I guess that's my thing. Like I'm all for, you know, Hey, somebody going, Oh, you can't do something. And then you do it, but it's like, no, I don't even need to prove to you that I can do it. Because yeah. That's not like, I don't feel like someone being like, Oh, I bet you can't do this has never like motivated me to go do it. Right. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I can't do that. And I don't want to. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so yeah, if you are interested, you can watch. There is another thing. It's called um, Haunted, uh, Extreme Haunted or something like that. And that is, um, what is it right here? Oh, Haunters, The Art of the Scare. That I did not have a chance to watch, but apparently they go in deep too. Uh, And then there's uh, the Dark Tourist episode. I'm going to watch that Dark Tourist episode because you definitely should want to see like that's interesting to me and i want to see this yes. russ guy for sure after hearing about yeah, dude, him he's such a, i don't know it's just the weirdest thing in the world i i i don't know like I, and like i said the guy was like you have to be getting money from somewhere like you you know you don't just like do this well if he's getting any kind of money like illegally he's not going to tell you about it you know exactly of course so he's like no i no 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 i you know whatever but, but I, if they make it what you will if they make the videos available on their website, it doesn't seem like he's selling it on the dark That's, web unless they're editing what they show there and then they're showing the worst parts, like they're selling the worst parts of it. You know what I mean? That would be my thought because you're right. They do put video stuff on there. And that's another thing he like thinks he's like a movie, like he's like a director or something. I don't know. He like thinks it's like a movie. But then at the same thing, it's like he, he. Um, yeah, but the stuff in movies is fake. Exactly. Like when those people are being chased with chainsaws, it's not a real chainsaw. They're not actually getting their head jumped off. <laughs> exactly. And too, part of it is he doesn't ever, um, he like doesn't, he, I don't know. He just like, he could very easily take these like little snippets and stuff, but then they're, you're not allowed back there unless you're in the haunt. So if you go, you know, you could go back there and he could be showing these videos. Oh, we dunked their head in water, but really you don't know what the fuck they're doing back there because there's nobody back there, but him. And then the people that work for him. Interesting. And you, of course, if you so choose. wait, so you're not allowed to repeat go. Like say um, you went through it one year and you uh, liked it so much. You're back for another year. Oh God, I wouldn't, I don't, it will. No one's ever, no one's ever made it through. So, oh, so you, if you make, you don't make it through, you're not allowed back. He doesn't say that, but I'm assuming from everything I've read, people are like, would never want to go back. They don't want to go back. I mean, that's what I would assume too, but I was just wondering. Yeah. Me, for me personally too, the fact that you're not allowed to do anything back is a real uh, bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. That's bullshit because if someone's like uh, literally torturing me, I'm going to fucking punch them in the face. Exactly. Like that doesn't and then they're like, all right, you're out of here. And I'll be like, thank God, because I wasn't ready to leave. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, no, you can't kick me out of here. I'm out. I quit. 
It's just oh, like, oh, all shit. I gotta do, all I gotta do to get you guys to stop is to beat you up in return. Oh, right. It's yeah, like, I'm let me please let me headbutt you then. Yeah, Call it a day. <laughs> Especially if you're fucking wa- waterboarding me. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I have something. Um, I want to say it's on theme because it's on theme, but it's also like. <laughs> And I wanted to be like, it's not quite as dark as that, but I guess it depends on who you asked. Yeah, um, this is true. So I'm going to be talking today about Samhain and the origins of Halloween. Ooh, nice. So it's, first of all, I have to put this out here. It's pronounced Samhain, not Sam Hain. Sam Hain is the uh, American bastardized pronunciation of it that's in like all the pop culture for some reason because that's like how it's written you know uh-huh. it's s-a-m-h-a-i-n but it's pronounced that one hmm. um it's and it's a gaelic festival marking the end of the harvest season and the beginning of winter or also like the darker half of the year so in the northern hemisphere it starts on the first of november but celebrations also begin on the evening of the 31st of october as the Celtic day began and ended at sunset. So that's like, it was, it was sunset to sunset would be uh, the actual day or whatever, I guess, in, mm-hmm. in the Celtic tradition. But it's halfway between autumn equinox and winter solstice and one of four quarter days associated with Gaelic seasonal festivals. And so along with the other ones, the other seasonal festivals are in bulk, Beltane and Lunasa. Lunasa, I think is how it's pronounced. I'm not sure. I'm going to say a lot of Gaelic and Celtic words in this, and I I spelled some of them out phonetically, so hopefully I'll say them right, but some of them I don't know if I'll say them right. But um, historically, it was widely observed throughout Ireland, Scotland, and the Isle of Man. So Samhain is believed to have Celtic pagan origins, and some Neolithic passage tombs in Ireland are aligned with the sunrise at the time of Samhain. It's first mentioned in the earliest Irish literature from the 9th century and associated with many important events in Irish mythology. Um, The early literature says it was often marked with great gatherings of feasts and the ancient burial mounds were open, which were seen as portals to the other world. Um, Some of the literature also associates Samhain with bonfires and sacrifices Hmm. but contrary to popular belief it's not a celebration of the celtic god of the dead and instead instead celebrates the end of the harvest season and beginning of winter like i had said up front and so it's kind of just like the ushering in of a new season um and you know getting ready for the winter so at the start of the celebration it would begin usually with sunset up on october 31st or thereabouts like we don't know for sure when it was because this was this all started like way before there were calendars, but the Samhain ceremonies and festivities would start at sunset and people would gather and start bonfires. Um, and then they would burn both crops and also animals in sacrifice mm-hmm. to their Celtic deities. So like, obviously we know animal sacrifice was a huge thing back in the day. I mean, it was in the Bible too. Like people used to sacrifice animals to their gods to appease them. Mm-hmm. Um, And in addition to being used for the sacrifices, the fires were considered sacred and served to cleanse the old year and prepare for the new year, which is kind of nice, you know, like out with the old and with the new. Yeah, I like that. 
And on a spiritual level, Samhain marked the time of the year in which the barrier between the earthly world and the spirit world was the most thin, you know, allowing the spirits and the fairies to walk among us and even like torment us. Because, you know, when you think of a fairy, you might be thinking of like this little like Tinkerbell kind of thing with wings or whatever. But fairies in like the Celtic tradition uh, could be malevolent and, you know, scary and big and, you know, whatever. They weren't just little flying things they were they were magical beings um so it's also described in a lot of the myths and the folk tales as a period of mystical intensity so like magic is maybe stronger during Samhain Hmm. um but their Celtic priests would they would build these bonfires and they would practice divination rituals and conduct rites to keep like the ghouls away but since there weren't written records it was all oral at that time um, we don't know a whole lot about it. It's still like kind of a mystery as to what exactly they did. Interesting. And then the festival as it was, or as, you know, as there's record of it, it wasn't um, recorded until early modern era. So yeah, hmm. that was hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> it was, so it was when, it would be when the cattle were brought down from the summer pastures and the livestock were slaughtered, you know, for their meat or for sacrifices or whatever. But it, it traditionally, like you have your your sheep and your cows out in the pasture while the weather is nice, right? So at this point in the year, you're bringing them back and you're putting them in their like pens or their whatever to keep them safe from the cold, so that they live through you know the winter, the fall and the winter. Mm-hmm. And then like Beltane, which is the one that's in the summer. Samhain was a liminal or threshold festival, so the boundary between the worlds is thinner. And then the um, Ishi, which are the spirits or the fairies, could come more easily into our world. And so I have a quick aside about this. The Ishi is the Irish name for the supernatural race in Celtic mythology. Um, It was also like there was another word for it, an older word that was like uh, Eusitha or something like that, but it's like Ishi. But it's spelled by the Scots, it's pronounced the same, but it's spelled S-I-T-H. And these are comparable to fairies or elves. But I wanted to, well, so, okay. They're, they're said to descend from either fallen angels or the Thuade Dunan, meaning the tribe of Danu. Which, so that's depending on the Abrahamic or pagan tradition. So I guess that's like fallen angels or this, whatever, this tribe. But... I found that interesting because uh, phonetically, if you look at the word S-I-T-H is Sith. And that's a thing in Star Wars, like yeah, there's the yeah, Jedi yeah. and the Sith. And um, and so I was like, oh, I think that that must be where George Lucas got it from, is this supernatural race of beings that are descended from fallen angels. It makes ah. sense, like they're the, on the dark side of the force and stuff like that. Interesting. So I just thought that that was interesting. So I wanted to... <laughs> Probably put that in there, but most scholars uh, see the these ishi as remnants of the pagan gods, and at Samhain they were appeased with offerings of food or drink, and they would help ensure that the people could survive their winter and that like their livestock. So they, if you leave them uh, a good offering, then they'll make sure that you make it through the winter. So during this time, people also would see um, the souls of their ancestors come to visit their homes and they would set up extra place at the table for them during the meal. Um, and the Celtic Plating also- to do. 
Yeah, so it's, I think that that's like kind of nice. You put out an empty chair and you're like, oh, well, we're expecting, you know, Aunt Margaret is coming or whatever. <laughs> um, you know, may she rest Aunt in Margaret. peace, but it's like, you know, the veil is thin. So Aunt, Aunt Margaret's coming to dinner. Oh, shit. And then the Celts would also wear costumes while dancing around their bonfires. They had dances that were um, held symbolism for stories about life and death and rebirth and would commemorate what they call the wheel of life, which um, I didn't really look anything in more into that. But also with preparing for the new year, Samhain was considered time in which the spirits could freely enter the world. And so these souls, the spirits were respected and honored and some were feared uh, because it was believed that they could hide livestock, destroy crops or haunt the living who they thought had done them wrong. So in wearing these costumes and doing these rituals, they were hiding from these spirits, basically. So that's kind of like the root of like mm. why we dress up today. Right. But um, yeah, so it was expected that, you know, there might be animals and monsters about. So they would also dress up so that, no, they would dress up as animals and monsters so that the fairies were not tempted to kidnap them is what I have well it makes sense right and then some of the specific monsters there were some specific monsters that were associated with the mythology um surrounding Samhain and then including this one which is called a puka and it's a shape-shifting creature that receives harvest offerings from the field oh so if you come across one you better have an offering for it Mm. basically and then the practices of mumming and guising were part of the festival from at least the early modern area, era, not area. Oh my gosh, vodka's <laughs> kicking in. Um, but this was a practice in which people went door to door in costume reciting verses in exchange for food. So basically like the origins of trick-or-treating. Yeah. Um, and the costumes were like their way of imitating or disguising oneself from the Ishi. So that's why it's like called guising because it's disguising. And then they also, during like these feasts and celebrations of Samhain, would practice a lot of divination and the divinate, I want to explain a little bit more about the divination rituals. So they would use the bonfires for these rituals um, sometimes, but not always. And then in the 18th century, I don't know what this is. And I looked it up. I looked on the Wikipedia entry and it just said it was like a it said it was like a house, but I'm guessing it's like a region. It's Oakster Tire. Anyway, they, wherever that is, they had a ring of stones and they would have one for each person and they would lay them uh, around the fire. So like a stone for each person around the fire, perhaps on a layer of ash. And then everyone would uh, circle it with a torch exulting. And then in the morning, they would look at these stones and if any were mislaid, it was said that that person it represented would not live out the year. Oh. So, which is kind of dark. <laughs> but, right. You know, I mean, the 18th century isn't really like. It was a dark that, time. Well, but it wasn't that <laughs> far back. I was going to say it's not that far back, but I guess they still, the plague was still around a little bit, but yeah. I don't know. That's just like, can you imagine being a child and doing this thing? And then you look at your stone and you're like, oh, well, I guess little Timmy's going to die this year. Right. <laughs> And there's no adult going, that's not real. <laughs> right, right. So, 
a similar custom was observed in northern Wales and in Brittany, and then um, they were there was some people speculating that this might come from an older custom of actually burning the people, but it's more than likely symbolic. Hmm. But yeah, so the divination part has been part of the festival since ancient times and has survived in some rural areas, like in the practices that people do in their household. So in those, they would try to divine the future of those gathered, especially with regard to like death and marriage. So they use apples and hazelnuts a lot in these games. And in Celtic mythology, apples were associated with the other world and immortality, while hazelnuts were associated with divine wisdom. Interesting. So one of the most common games was apple bobbing. Yeah, I do love bobbing for apples. Which we still do today, yeah. And another involved hanging a small wooden rod from the ceiling at head height with a lit candle on one end and an apple hanging from the other. So then the rod was spun around and everyone took turns to try to catch the apple with their teeth. Then the apples were peeled in one long strip and the peel tossed over your shoulder and its shape was said to form the first letter of your future spouse's name. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So we should probably try that this summer, this, this yeah. Halloween. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, but also, like, during this time when the doorways to the, the other world open and the supernatural beings would come and, and roam the earth, uh, it, this made people associate Samhain as, like, a festival for the dead, whereas, like, Beltane in the summer is a festival for the living. So it's mm. kind of like opposites, you know? Um, then there were some different mythology they have in this one tale called the boyhood deeds of Fion. Um, it was said that the fairy mounds were always open at Samhain and each year the fire breather Aelin, Aelin emerges from the other world and burns down the palace of Tara during the Samhain festival after lulling everyone to sleep with his music. I don't know what exactly that is, but it, to me, it puts in mind like a dragon. Uh-huh. And then, uh, so on one Samhain festival, the young Fion is able to stay awake and actually slays Aelin with a magical spear. Um, and then he's made the leader of his people. So mm. I'm, I'm assuming it's like a dragon. Some tales also suggest that offerings or sacrifices were made at Samhain. And in this one book, which I'm not going to try to pronounce but the English translation is Book of Invasions. Um, each saw when the people of Nemed had to give two thirds of their children, their corn and their milk to the monstrous Fomorians. Um, so the Fomorians seem to represent the harmful or destructive powers of nature, like personifications of chaos, darkness, death, etc. And then this tribute pay may represent a sacrifice offered at the beginning of winter when the powers of darkness and blight are in ascendant. Hmm. Um, so that's, you know, that's just like some mythology there. But that was like, they had to like, <laughs> what is uh, what is two thirds of their children? So if you have three children, you give two of your children. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. That's not a thing. <laughs> um, but also I forgot to say that Samhain also like loosely translate to like summer's end. Um, so yeah, so it is ushering in the harvest kind of thing. Also throughout history, a lot of people have said that Samhain has dark and demonic roots, um, but this is a misconception and it's largely due to this one British guy, Charles Valancey, who was a military surveyor and amateur historian. He visited Ireland in 1762 
And then he was, you know, he became fascinated with the region. So he wrote this massive three volume work on its history and culture. But in, in his works, he was, you know, kind of clueless and claimed that linguists had mistranslated the word Sawan. And instead of meaning summer's end, he argued it actually referred to a Celtic god alternately named, named Balsab, Bal meaning Lord and Sab meaning death. Oh. So scholars dismissed, dismissed his claims, but his writing still perpetuated the myth that the Celts once celebrated a demonic god, Lord Sawin, with burnt human sacrifices and other barbaric rituals. Um, many early historians also described the Celts as a bloodthirsty people who regularly engaged in ritualistic sacrifices, but it's unclear whether there's any truth to these tales. Like, we don't have any evidence that they did any of that. Um, mm -hmm. Plus, none of the accounts specifically mentioned sacrifices occurring during Sawin. So like basically all the propaganda that we were forced to watch in school <laughs> is not true. Right. The spinning Harry Potter books. Remember those? Those yeah. weren't relative to Halloween, but they were no. just a quality, <laughs> a quality bit of propaganda. Oh man. Everything is evil. If you try yeah, hard. Absolutely. <laughs> Even though someone was never a devil worshiping holiday, plenty of popular films, musical acts and TV shows reference it as such and also mispronounce it. Um, in the film Halloween 2, in 1981, the franchise's protagonist, psychiatrist Dr. Loomis, and policemen discover that Michael Myers has scrawled the word Sawin across an elementary school blackboard in blood. Love. And then Loomis says it references the festival of Samhain and says it wrong. Oh, yeah. But it's also referenced in Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, in which an Irish toy maker wants to return Samhain to its supposedly bloody roots by planning a mass sacrifice of children using cursed costume masks. <laughs> oh, I just included gosh, that I because it. I know you like Halloween. No, I do, girl. Um, and I thought that that was interesting. So then in the, in the ninth century, the church had shifted the date of All Saints Day. Like they used to celebrate it like sometime in the uh, spring, I think. But then they moved it to the 1st of November. And then... November 2nd became All Souls Day uh, in the 11th century. So this created the three-day observance known as All Hallowtide. So there's another name for saints or things that are holy is hallowed. So then you have All Hallows Eve, which is October 31st, All Hallows mm -hmm. Day, which is the first of November, and then All Souls Day. So because of that shifting over, um, it's they kind of Sawin and then these this all all hollow tide kind of merged together into the modern Halloween, basically. Mm -hmm. So because it's believed that many of the modern customs we have for All Hallows Eve were influenced by the festival of Sawin, but other scholars say that Sawin's influence has been exaggerated and that All Hallows Eve has also influenced Sawin itself. So over time, you know, it's kind of like they've become kind of entwined. Right. And then folklorists have used the name Sawin to refer to Gaelic Halloween customs up until the 19th century. But that's basically a short history of like the origins of Halloween. And then I have one more fun story for you. Um, do you like carving pumpkins? Um, I have a love-hate relationship with it because I do not like putting my hands in those pumpkins. However, I do love pumpkin seeds. Um, I really have always enjoyed carving pumpkins. I don't really like scooping them out or cleaning them either. Like if someone else can do that for me, that's great. 
Right. I, I prefer, I mean, I don't mind carving them. Like we'll, uh, we used to do that back when my nephew's younger, but I haven't done it in years. Why do you but, ask? Well, the carved pumpkin is referred to as the jack-o'-lantern, but do you know why it's called that? I do not. So people have been making jack-o'-lanterns uh, at this time of year for centuries, actually. The hmm. practice originated from an Irish myth about a man named Stingy Jack. And according to the story, Stingy Jack invited the devil to have a drink with him, but he didn't want to pay for the drink, you know, because he's stingy. So he asked the devil if he would, uh, like the devil said, basically, if you sell me your soul, I'll buy you a drink. Classic. And then the devil, but then he didn't have, um, you know, he didn't have the money or whatever. He asked the devil to turn himself into a coin that Jack could use to pay for the drinks. So the devil was like, okay, yeah, I can do that because I'm the devil. I'm cool like that. I can turn myself into a coin. So as soon as he <laughs> turned himself into a coin, Jack swiped the coin and put it in his pocket next to a crucifix. And that prevented the devil from changing back into his original form. So like he got away from the devil. Eventually he let him go. And he said, um, under the condition that if he would bother him again for a year and that should Jack die, he wouldn't claim his soul. So then the next year, Jack again tricks the devil by climbing up into this tree to pick a piece of fruit. So while the devil's in the tree, I don't know how he got him up there. I guess in this story, the devil's kind of an idiot. I feel like <laughs> he's just doing whatever Jack says. He's like, sure, why not? Either that or Jack is very charismatic. One of the two things. That is amazing. Um, so that he gets the devil up into this tree and he puts the sign of the cross into the tree bark so the devil couldn't come down until awesome. he promised not to bother Jack for 10 more years. Ooh. So basically, he's just having like a game of cat and mouse with the devil. You said but, the devil's an idiot. <laughs> but but eventually, well, you know, but eventually Jack dies, as all men do. And so the legend goes that he gets up to heaven and God's like, no, I'm sorry, you can't come in here. <laughs> and then the devil, who's, you know, still upset by the trick that Jack had played on him. And but he also remembered that he said he wouldn't take his soul. He's like, well, you can't come into hell either. So he sends Jack off into the dark night with only a burning coal to light his way. So Jack oh. takes the coal and he puts it into a carved out turnip and kind of carries it as a lantern. And so then he's been roaming the earth ever since, apparently. So the Irish started referring to him as Jack of the Lantern or simply Jack-o'-lantern. That's awesome. And in Ireland and Scotland, people made their own versions by carrying, carving scary faces into turnips or potatoes and placing them into windows near doors to frighten away Stingy Jack and other wandering evil spirits. Um, and in England, they used beets. But once immigrants got to the States, it, they didn't have, you know, they realized they didn't have the same kind of thing here, but they found that pumpkins were native to this land and they grew in abundance and they're bigger and easier to carve. So they started using pumpkin for their jack-o'-lanterns. That's hilarious. Isn't that amazing? That's a good story. <laughs> I liked that. I thought that was really cool. I'd never heard that story before. Oh my God. But yeah, yeah. so that's, that's the story of like the origins of Halloween and that's Halloween really and cool. Yeah, and, and not so not so evil and dastardly as uh right as our conservative upbringing would have us believe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. that's cool. So uh if you've ever been to a crazy haunted house or if you have any, you know, Halloween traditions that you'd like to share, you could go ahead and send us an email. Yeah. Um, really any kind of story will take any ghost stories, UFO encounters, uh, true crime near misses, 
you can send our way. And where should they send those emails, Leanne? Oh, they're going to want to send those emails to boozeandghoulspod at gmail.com. That's boozeandghoulspod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Twitter at boozeandghouls or on TikTok and Instagram at boozeandghoulspod. Hell yeah. Rate and review us on iTunes. Yes, that was my next thing I was going to say. Give us a nice five-star review. It bumps us up, helps other people see us in there and listen to our little podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, please do that. It, it, it helps us a lot. We hope you guys are having a great spooky season so far and are looking forward to our special one-year anniversary episode in which we will be doing it drunk history style. Yay. I'm excited. I guess until next time. Stay boozy, friends.